1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: Now that the Roe versus Wade decision in the United States has been overturned and responsibility for abortion laws handed back to the people in the US states, there's no doubt big battles are ahead there and potentially here. Overturning abortion laws that affected the whole world is likely to have its own ripple effect, reaching other nations around the world and all of us here in Australia. So where to from here as the pro-life message appears to really be breaking through? Tishan Johnson is Executive Director of Cherish Life in Queensland. Tishan's joining us. Tishan, welcome back to 2020.
1: Hello, Neil. Thank you so much for having me
0: for Cherish Life. Titian, let me ask you first of all how you felt when the news broke Roe versus Wade was overturned.
1: Neil, I couldn't sleep all night. I got a call just after half past 12 a.m. on uh, early Saturday morning saying Roe versus Wade has been overturned by uh, a pro-life peer who was extremely excited. We're all extremely excited. I started screaming with joy. I started crying. Um, I was actually in a hotel room because I was transiting off. I was going into state to visit family and I just stayed in the hotel room that night um, because it was a very, very early flight. And I started crying with joy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> screeching! I'm like, oh my gosh, it's really early, and then I literally, um, I couldn't sleep till about five a.m. And then it was time to go for my flight. So, and then I sent an e-news to our database. So, I this is the days prayed for, the days worked so hard for. Hats off to the USA to all the pro-lifers in the USA, and most of all, praise be the Lord! It is a miracle. Forty-nine years that they've been fighting for. Forty-nine years. Nothing is possible. Nothing is impossible with God. You say these are days prayed for and worked
0: hard for. Uh, 49-year battle and never give
1: up. Never, ever, ever give up. Wow. And it looked hopeless, to be perfectly frank. Um you know, whether people love him or hate him, Donald Trump did a lot for the pro-life movement, including uh, appointing three conservative judges to the Supreme Court of the USA and a number of circuit court judges in the different states um, around America out of the 52 states. Is it 50 or 52? I can't remember, but he appointed. Um, yep. uh, yeah, that's right. He Thank you, Neil. He uh, appointed a lot of conservative judges around. In the different states, um, he did a lot of the groundwork, and then when Biden won, um, one of the things he took to the election was he was going to codify, i.e., that makes that means make in statute law Roe versus Wade. Uh, however, he hasn't been able to do that to date, to this date, and um, and we were worried as a pro life movement that a lot of the good stuff that. Trump put in. He put in about 12 major policies, including defunding abortions um, in impoverished nations, stuff like that. 12 major initiatives. We are worried all of them were going to be scaled back. But this is under an administration that is openly pro-abortion. This miracle has happened because of the prayers and the hard work, not just of Donald Trump, it's been Generations, decades and decades of hard work and prayers, manoeuvring politicians, manoeuvring judges, grooming people to go into the grooming in the right way into the judiciary to train them to be judges to have that goal of the of being a high court judge, a supreme court judge of the USA. Massive policy things: uh, education in schools, education in university. Uh, There's been every facet policy. They've got uh, the pro-lifers have really good policy uh, so a policy unit which advises governments on good pro-life policy when they have a government that's favorable to pro-life issues massive 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 movement you know there's lawyers who devote uh good portions of their career to helping pro-life groups who want to get up in unis or schools who've been penalized fighting those cases for free on grounds of freedom of speech just such an outpouring of generosity and prayer and movement 49 years and look what's happened
0: Titian, I'm going to ask you in a moment about our position here in Australia because uh, there's challenging times ahead, no doubt, but the tide seems to have turned. But just to get a reflection from you for a moment, uh, 49 years, the sheer number of abortions that resulted from that Roe versus Wade decision, uh, it has been a tragedy for the whole world.
1: It's been an absolute bloodbath. I don't know any other way to say it's been a bloodbath. 62 million American babies alone, a disproportionate number of those are black babies. People like, oh, you know, abortion enables women. You know, all the lies we hear. Um, you know, it's freeing. Well, it, it, not only is it murdering babies, it's also discriminatory in America. Well, black babies get aborted proportionally, proportion to the um, population. So it's it's it was started. Its genesis, well, the modern abortion movement in America, it's genesis was started in eugenics uh, that specifically targeted black families. Raises so, it, it, but as well as the sixty-two million babies in America, Neil, it had flow-on consequences across the world. A lot of people say where America goes, the Western world follows. It definitely influenced American policy, sorry, Australian policy, UK policy, and other English-speaking nations' policies. So, it, I would say it's far more than sixty-two million. It's probably a billion babies at least. It's responsible for that one bit of, that one bill legislation
0: in Australia, our states already have the power to make abortion laws. And the people in the states and territories around Australia have been voting for governments to make those abortion laws uh, untenable for the Christian to think of. But where do you see Australia moving now? I mean, America in some sense has moved to where we're already at and we've got abortion laws. It's challenging, isn't it?
1: It's extremely challenging. I think one of the problems, Neil, is Some of the parties who support abortion and Greens are the worst in terms of their policy platform on abortion, um, followed by Labor. Not all Labor people are bad. I have to say there are some decent ones in a few different states. Like There's a couple of very good ones in New South Wales, a couple of very good ones in South Australia. Um, But generally, well, it's actually in their policy platform to have uh, free abortions and to have um, unfettered access to free-meaning abortion available at public taxpayer-funded public hospitals, and also um, abortion should be decriminalised, things like that. That's in Labor's policy platform. You do get some Labor people who object to that, um, but as I said, they're few and far between, to be perfectly honest. You, 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 there still are a couple of good pro-lifers, like Labor used to be many, many years ago. Um, but what, what happens is around election time, the issue of abortion or the issue of the sanctity of life is often not the number one voting issue for um, even some Christians. I know Cherish Life does a lot of work and we try hard to make sure it's elevated as a number one voting issue. Um, so, because it is a profoundly both moral and also Christian issue. Um, but I think this, this, incredible miracle that's happened in the USA will help to elevate the plight of the unborn in Australia and hopefully it'll wake up some Christians that they need to vote along lifelines. My whole life, um, I think my whole voting life, since I was 18 or 19 when I voted in my first election, I've always voted along lifelines except once. I made an error. Um, But yeah, I've always voted who is the most pro-life candidate, who is the most pro-life party because I'm like, that's what I believe is fundamental because it's literally a genocide on unborn babies, the the magnitude of abortion across Australia and also the world. So um, so that's a body of work. It, it, it's, uh, it, but yeah, these parties um, sometimes hide it with other issues. You know, people, they might give free things or this or they might look like they're good for your industry or good for... This, this facet of society, but often the issue of abortion is hidden. It's kind of in the fine print um, or in their policy pack. And most people don't read a 400-page policy pack before they vote at the polls. So it is, it is, uh, yeah, it's really serious. And I think going forward, it will be easier now to make more of a, more of a voting issue, as I said, Neil.
0: It's undeniable, isn't it? There has been a turning of the tide and that will literally save the lives of babies around the world and uh, we might even be talking about thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of babies based on this decision and those things will have their effect in Australia. Even though a battle goes on here, lives are going to be saved.
1: A hundred percent, Neil. I mean, Life Action, which is a prominent pro-life group over in the USA, pro primarily um, website-based, they did a forecast and a lot of other people's figures attest to this that they thought if Roe versus Wade was ever overturned, um, about half the states in the USA would very soon after that criminalize abortion past six weeks. I mean, that is a massive win when you consider some of those states had abortion legal up to birth. So that, that in itself is massive. So it's it, I, kind of, I think it really will be millions of babies, you know, probably over the next decade, provided this, uh, this ma- major thing can hold and there's no president who's successful in codifying um, Roe versus Wade into legislative law, statute law. Um, you know, it will translate into, I believe, tens of millions of babies, 100%. And also the flow-on effects in Australia, the UK, Canada, hopefully, uh, New Zealand, um, but it also says to me the importance of not giving up even when things look tough, when they think impossible, and keep invading all facets of society with the pro-life message, which is, which is I think, go hand, you know, the, it goes hand in glove with the Christian message. Of course, Christianity, number one, but we as Christians, you know, faith without works is dead. And if we see babies being killed, we need to do something about it, whether it's just pray or prayer and action.
0: Titian, I noticed in some of the news reporting on television that uh, even the pro-lifers dancing in the streets were getting like equal coverage to the pro-abortionists uh, Who, <laughs> and, and that you can't take for granted. I wonder whether there might even be a softening in media. That's something I guess we need to work on here in Australia too.
1: Yes, definitely. It's something Terrence Life tried to prioritise. I think the sheer magnitude of it, Neil, I know, um, for example, I've been to the March for Life DC in 2020 just before COVID outbroke. Um, it was in... January 2020 and the sheer magnitude of the rally there, and it got very little media coverage. But I think they've just been they've just kept going and going and going and going. So they'll they'll show that the, the pro abortion or the, what they call they call themselves the pro choice movement, but it really is pro choice movement. And they'll have much smaller rallies. Then they'll kind of show oh the parody of the pro life movement. But the truth is the pro life movement has been outflanking, outnumbering these people for like twenty to one, or sometimes ten thousand to one for many years. But now the media can't ignore it any because this is a monumental win um, even now that the media coverage is really not equal because America's now pro-life America um, the increasingly all the, all the polls are showing that the, the younger ones coming through are much less gravitating towards abortion like pr- than previous generations. So it's becoming much more life-centric, even if it's not fully pro-life, um, and much more life-aware and much more life-friendly, which is incredible. Um, so that that praise be the Lord is all I can say. But there, there is... I wouldn't even say there's parity because there's still an imbalance in reporting because the numbers, the pro-life numbers, dancing in the streets over there, are way dwarfing the, the pro-aborts. But at least, you know, for every one person they've got in the street we got ten they they're making it look like one for one which is not quite the case but anyway we we won by the grace of god (laughs) this this battle's been uh is this head chopped off when i say we not not me but i feel like they're my brothers and sisters in the fight for life so i'm so thankful and i just my hat off to them and you know as i said praise be the lord this is massive this is massive i mean it's absolutely incredible neil It's so exciting.
0: Well, Tishan, so many listeners uh, will have been celebrating along with you, and uh, some wondering how much do I celebrate? Do I dance around my living room? Do I dance in the streets? (laughs) But there may be more celebration on the way because next time there's a pro-life march, no doubt. Based on what's happened with the overturning of Roe versus Wade in the US, that even overflowing onto our streets may be huge and significant. Let me point listeners to the connection to Tishan Johnson, who's Executive Director of Cherish Life in Queensland, and uh, Cherish Life, connections all around Australia in a pro-life sense, you can connect with Titian at cherishlife.org.au, cherishlife.org.au. And no doubt uh, they'll have some initiatives that are coming to light before too long. They could probably do with another friend or two. Maybe this is your opportunity to check in and sign up with Cherish Life. Titian, thanks so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020.
1: Thank you so much, Neil. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.